Robinson on. He's and it's goal of the season, Frank Most people would say I was mad. Hello and welcome along to another episode of the Downhill Second Half podcast. As always, joining me, Ian DL, is a man as partial to an Excel spreadsheet as the diminutive Mark Byrne was to a long-range strike. It's our podcast producer, James Harrison. Thank you, Ian. Good afternoon, everybody. And alongside him, a man with wit quicker than the hands of Dean Brill when denying that late Burton header on the final day in 2012 is Mr. Craig Clayton. That's probably the kindest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> oh, I'm, good I'm feeling kind with the introductions. Um, and today we're joined by a man who simply oozed goals during his time at Barnet, playing well beneath his level at Underhill to keep Barnet above the drop zone. Two seasons, so many vital goals. A man who must be absolutely despised in Gillingham and he played under five managers in less than two years at the club. A real shining light during a tumultuous time. The scorer of the goal that secured the Gratz escape in 2011. I'm going to try and pronounce his name correctly. It's Isaiah McLeod. Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> Great, thanks for joining us, Isaiah. Good stuff. Well, we'll start with, um, I guess, your pre-Barnet career uh, before we get into your time at Underhill. Uh, and, um, you know, we, you started off at, at Derby, um, I believe, had a loan spell at Sheffield United. There was a little bit of um, injury impact in there as well. But where you really made your name was at Milton Keynes. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the experience of Milton Keynes in particular and, and perhaps Derby as well when you were, when you were um, you know, making your way in, in, uh, in professional football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was at Derby County from 12 years old. Um, it... it really enjoyed it the the whole setup there is brilliant um and uh from what i hear it still is um made my way up um through the academy obviously um got my uh, my, my yt scholar and uh i had one season in the youth team and then pretty quickly actually um when i turned 17 kind of jumped into the first team um and yeah it was it was happened so quick and it was really good that was under john gregory um, he was the manager at the time, um, and I had a, a season maybe, and a bit uh, on the job degree, which was really good. Played um, and got a lot of experience from it. But then he got, then he left, got sacked, whatever. And uh, George Burley came in, and for whatever reason, we just didn't mix and gel. Um, and I mean, I was only 18, 18 nearly nineteen at the time. Um, and I still had a bit of time on my contract. I still had, I think, a year or so. I didn't, didn't want to leave. But I knew Wimbledon, who were transitioning into Milton Keynes, Duns, wanted to take me and I wanted to play. I just wanted to play football. I uh, didn't really want to drop down um, from the old Division One, which is the championship now. But um, I just thought, my, I mean, I spoke to my parents um, and they just said, look, just go and play. Go play football and obviously... Um, your talent will come through. So yeah, I made the decision to go to to Milton Keynes Duns, and which was probably the the best decision I'm, I would say I've made um, in my whole career, because like he says uh, or mentioned earlier, it was where I really just hit the ground running um, and 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 made a, a bit of a name for myself as a goal scorer. That that was a question I was going to ask. Actually, I, I guess you answered it a little bit there about you know the whole situation with Wimbledon and Milton Keynes Dons was right about the time when you joined the club. 
Yeah. Um, did you notice that as a player, the whole noise around it, or was it just a case, like you said, of, you know, I just want to get my head down, play football, score goals and, and you know, and, and build my career? Uh, no, definitely. I think um, <laughs> it was, it was re really kind of, a, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say hard times, but if you was a, a Milton Keynes Dunn player back then, um, you knew that the whole football world didn't like you. It wasn't just a case of Wimbledon. Um, it wasn't just a, it was just a case of no one liked us everywhere we went. No matter that like we could play someone, I don't know, we could play a uh, Yeovil, <laughs> like <laughs> they would hate us because of what they perceived the club to be. So no, you definitely noticed it, but it kind of brought the the, the players and the, and the squad together. We just thought, look, it's us, us against the world type of mentality, and we just got to go out there and try and them um, and do what we can. Yeah, I do remember us. I do remember us playing up there um, when it was at the ho hockey stadium. Yeah, and I definitely feel that sort of thing. I remember that they had a player called, uh, and he played there for years. It was Dean Lewington. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember us particularly yeah. being particularly angry with uh, with that chap when he. Uh, I think Ian Hendon got sent off, as I recall, and it was uh, yeah, yeah it's quite quite a, quite a febrile atmosphere that day. But um, you know, you you had great success at uh, Milton Keynes, and um, you know, uh, even got called up to England under twenty ones, I believe. Yes, um, yeah. and then and then you know playing in League Two uh, in the in the League Two team of the year and all the rest of it, you got your move to um, to Charlton, yeah. uh, which was you know a big money move and a, and a step back up the leagues. Um, how how was that move for you? Obviously, um, taking into account uh, all the things that then happened. Um, well, look, like you said, it's, football is 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 it's a roller coaster ride. Um, so I'm on a high after three seasons at the Duns. Um, Average average twenty goals a season. Like you says, got England under under twenty one call up. I had the golden boot, player of the season. I, I won uh, in team of the year. Um, so yeah, gone to Charlton, expecting really big things and um, different sort of different sort of world. Because even though I was kind of used to that at Derby, um, I expected more of myself now as a kind of. A, proven goal scorer in league football so went there wanted to play we had a, a massive squad because Charlton had just been relegated from from the Premier League so it was in the championship and the, the squad was unbelievable strikers midfielders you talk, you're talking players that have been playing in the Premier League so it was a little bit difficult but literally about four or five months in I, I tore my ACL I actually went on loan I wanted to play, so I spoke to him, Alan Pardew at the time. So listen, I'll go out on loan to, to get games. Um, went out on loan in my second game for Colchester. I tore my ACL. And uh, yeah, that was nine months out right there. Um, and then it's just difficult to, to pick up. So to summarise my time at Charlton, uh, in one word, I'd probably say frustrating. Because yeah. I feel that without the injury... A bit more time it could have been a success, um, but it didn't happen that way. So, um, yeah, eventually uh, that's when I think I had four years on my contract there. But after three years, we kind of both come to agreement that I'd I'd, I'd leave, um, and that and that's when I I joined um, Barnet. Yeah, well, that, that leads us on nicely because you know, as you say you look at your career. James was talking there about the start of it being so, such a success and, you know, playing at a good level. And it was clear you had the ability to do so were it not for the injuries. And we often speak to our guests on here about, you know, for them, a lot of the guests we've had players, it's been a big opportunity, a move to Barnet. You know, they've come out of non-league, a lot of players that we get, the size of the club that we are and whatever else. 
obviously your arrival was something that was a bit different. I remember when it was announced, you know, for our supporters, it was a lot of excitement to get a name, a proper name in the Football League joining us. I think there was a little bit of, I wouldn't say scepticism, but we certainly thought how long term it would be given yeah. if you did well there, what the move would probably mean. Um, but for you, with the greatest respect, obviously, if you look at your career, I guess there might have been a sense of kind of you ended up at Barnet rather than had the kind of move to Barnet that a lot of players would want. Um, was there any hesitation on your part about the move when you looked at kind of our league position, the state of our ground? And then was that hesitation, if there was any, justified when you turned up and got the first impression of the place? Well, um, I think the, the the situation, I would I always say to, to, to young players that are coached now and, and players that are aspiring to be footballers is that it's it, football is so much about timing. And I, I just, I feel that my time with Barney and Barney's time with me was just meant to be at that time. I had a, I'll say, a horrendous three years in terms of football at Charlton. Um, didn't go the way I wanted to go. Had a really nasty injury, which I recovered from and was thankful. Um, but it was almost three years out of football, football for myself. So I've gone from three years at the Duns, playing every week, scoring, scoring almost every week, getting all sorts of accolades, etc. And you're on top of the world to... Oh my God, three years has gone by. And it's almost like people have forgotten that Isaiah McLeod can score goals. So it was almost a fact that I left and I I, got, I, um, I sat down with my family and I just said, look, I, I just want to play football. I, I don't care if it's League Two, uh, League One. And in, in all honesty, Bar Barney at the time was the, was the only club that showed any sort of real interest. I mean, you had clubs that were going, okay, yeah, Ullman are in. But to be fair to Barnet, they said, look, come in. And actually, the, the, the one thing I missed out is I actually needed a knee operation, which is why it halted my start to that season. Um, and Barnet were great. They said, look, come in, we'll do your knee. When you get fit, we'll gradually bring you in. And so I'm, I will always be thankful to Barnet because they could have just turned around and said, look, you've got to be a bit iffy knee. Uh, it's a no. But they, they showed faith. So, um, no, like I said, it was, I think it was just right timing for me and Barnet. And like I said, I, I, I never looked at it and gone, oh, it's League Two. Oh, it's Barnet. I just looked at it. I was one track mind. I'm coming in to score goals. And no disrespect to Barnet, but once I score goals, then I'm going to go to where I feel I should be, uh, should be playing. And had you had you moved down to London then already for Charlton or uh, was that was that part of the, 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 well, the sell? Well, what I did was um, I initially when I left at Milton Keynes to 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 uh, sign for Charlton, I did move down. I moved down with my family um, to Charlton. But after like this all kind of ties in. So after the after I think it was about two and a half, two years, wasn't everything wasn't going right on the pitch, wasn't enjoying life. Uh, down in uh, London so I took my family and I moved back to Milton Keynes and I was commuting to Charlton which is a, it's a long old way but I just thought moving back because I'm, I'm, I'm from Birmingham so it's an hour to Birmingham I can see family um, and my partner at the time she was a from she, she was from around this way so it just made sense and we were ha we were having our youngest daughter she was she was just being born so it made sense to be close to family um, so no so um then when I went to Bar uh, Barnet, I mean, it's only 45 minutes to an hour, hour from Milton Keynes. So it, it actually worked out all right. So, yeah, I, I was back in Milton Keynes. 
That sounds good. And if I remember rightly, and I'm, the other two are much better than me than this, but I think it was Mark Stimson uh, that season as well. I think also, am I right in saying that Steve Cabber also joined in, was it that summer as well? Because we had two big names uh, that, that, that came in. Yeah, uh, so Cab, Cabs was there. Um, I'm not exactly sure if it was that summer. It might have been, but he, he was there when I got there. He was already there and he was playing, um, obviously, up top. And like I said, I, I was there watching games initially because I had the knee operation and I was going through rehab. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. To be fair, on FIFA, you were both fit. And actually, it was quite a good season <laughs> for playing FIFA with Barney, actually. Uh, two big names, isn't it? But um, that aside, joking aside. Um, so Mark Simpson, I think, was a manager. Um, I should say probably mixed feelings on when we look back as Barnet fans, perhaps on, on his time. Nothing disrespectful against him as a person, but maybe it wasn't the most successful time. Maybe he hadn't had the same success he had at Gillingham. Um, mm. How was it for you in that, I suppose, other than frustrating waiting to start? What was that, uh, your experience of him and, and the way he, he wanted to do things? Well, um, I, I, thought, I thought Mark's great. Um, I, I mean, I didn't really get to work with him a lot. Um, as you just alluded, he, he wasn't as as I started to play. I think I'm not sure how long. I think he might have. He wasn't a lot of games as I got fit and started to play. He he got the sack. Um, yeah. Memory served me correctly. He he wasn't there for a lot of games. So I spent, like I said, because I was, I was in rehab. I spent the majority of my time with the physio, with the physiotherapist, and um, because um, it was only a clean up, but I was I was in day and night, just with the physio, getting myself fit, get myself ready, because I really wanted to come back and just, like I said, prove and show what I could do. So um, I didn't really have a lot of time with Mark, but from what I did um, have with him, he, like I said, he was he was a really good guy. Um, and I actually saw him, I saw him actually uh, last year, and we had a chat, and um, now he's, like I said, he's a really nice guy. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you got about a month and a half in the team with him there. I think he yeah. left. It was New Year's Day. We lost to Aldershot when he when he was sacked. Um, mm -hmm. And you made your debut, which I was going to come on to now, against uh, Charlton away, in fact, which must have felt yeah. kind of going a little bit full circle after everything that had happened there to make your debut for Barnet at the Valley um, in an FA Cup replay. Unfortunately, not a, a fairy tale return for you or, or a great result for Barnet either, but a good performance that night. I and mean, we lost 1-0. Uh, did having that first game at that ground, did that add kind of a little bit of more fuel to your fire about, you know, getting back to your best as soon as possible? Did that sort of give you more motivation going into your return with Barnet? Um, not really, you know. I remember it because I remember thinking, oh, people are going to bill it or Charlton fans might bill it as, oh, he's coming back, blah, blah. Because to be honest, I, I, I think I got, I personally feel that I got a lot of stick from Charlton fans, un unfairly, because I think that, they see it as, oh, we paid one and a half million for this guy. He's not really played when he hasn't played. When he has played, he hasn't really played that well. He got injured. He's come. So they almost view it as a waste of money, which is their, it's their opinion, which is fair enough. But um, I just saw it as I'm back playing football. I just want to play. That, and that's all it was. And um, I, I kind of remember it. I think, like you said, we, we, didn't, we didn't disgrace ourselves that night, which was good. And it was just all about getting back, just getting fit and slowly but surely just getting myself back into the rhythm of um, of uh, scoring goals. Yeah, there was those um, first few sub-appearances. Then we moved into, you know, I suppose getting a bit of match fitness back and then then you're starting in the team and, um, you know, you scored and actually your first four consecutive um, starts for us, um, you know, which is it was five goals in total and you have to, you know, indulge my stats keeping. Um Five goals in total in those four games, which no one in the last forty years has ever done for Barnet. No one's done it. Oh, really? So it's actually it's oh. actually a great, great, um, great little stat there that I've given you. 
Um, but does that give you confidence straight away that you know you've 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 had these really tough three years and then you're straight in the goals as soon as you're back as soon as you're back on the pitch starting starting um in the first eleven? Yeah, no. Um, just I mean, just you saying that stat there is it's amazing. It's um, I think you can look back on your career now and and go, you know what, you're really proud of, of certain things. And not like all, all all I've said all along is that I just wanted to play. I think if you ask any football, really, you forget all the money, you forget all the, the status. That's that's what that's what we want to do. You want to play football, and when you're not playing football, it's a it's a lonely place. So to have the three years I just had, and then to get to Tabani at a club where um, you feel wanted, you feel needed, which is good for 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 someone's ego, and you just want to play and you just want to score goals. And it was fantastic for me. It was a really good start, um, and. I just remember feeling I just want to keep playing. I can't wait for the next game to come. I can't wait for the next game to come. So you know, yeah. please. And on, on a personal level, you're you know you're doing your job. But as we became accustomed to in the football league as Barnet supporters, you know the team wasn't doing so well. And again, we were at the the wrong end of the table. Uh, was there any concern from you for that point, or is it just a case of I've got to do my job and I've got to score goals to 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 try and contribute as much as I possibly can? I I, I think I, I became kind of thick-skinned from my time at Milton Keynes because I was there for three years, my first spell. And for two of them years, we were fighting relegation. So when I went to Barn, it wasn't nothing new to me to be oh, in so a that's, situation. So, so that's, that's why you joined us then? <laughs> no, no, but like, it wasn't nothing new to me to be in that sort of situation. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So the, the first season, to go back, the first season at the Duns, we stayed up on goal difference. The second season we, we got relegated, and obviously the first season in the league two we we got into the playoffs. But so going to Barnet and being there, it was just kind of tunnel vision. It, and I, I was I was twenty five at the time, so I wasn't a young pro, but I wasn't a senior pro. You kind of in the middle, but you still try and speak to the lads and say, "Listen, it's a game of football. You can't let what's happened in the last game affect you." And you, you know what I mean? So it was. I feel that if I could contribute on the pitch as well as off the pitch in the dressing room to players. Hopefully we can uh, we can get the best out of the players and it's kind of what it's kind of what happened. So yeah, so looking back it was uh, pleasing. We we did change that we sort of mentioned it already, we did change the manager quite early on. Uh, and Paul Fairclough came back uh, for a stint. I think we've we've spoken to a lot of lot of people that have played for Paul Fairclough, mo- mostly those that played for him in the promotion winning era a few years before that. Um and, and one of the one of the things they say is very distinctive about his style is, is a lot of classroom-based and yeah. psychological style management, as opposed to maybe you know ball at your feet in the training ground. How how was that for you? Especially after such a long injury, maybe maybe still even a little restricted in some of the training uh, with the ball as well. Um, it was it was different. I think uh, and that analysis wasn't new to me. We did a, we did a lot of analysis. When I was at Derby County, because obviously as a bigger club, they, they had the, the bigger facilities and it, it was something that was, wasn't new to me. And I, I thought and feel it's very important. I think you, you have to analyse games, uh, teams, just to give you the best edge. Um, and I think uh, Paul, he, he did that, probably not to the extent um, at Derby, but he, like he says, he, I think he made the lads feel good about themselves. And I remember it, he used to sit us down and he used to say, right, you've got a piece of paper and you've got to write down uh, three positive things about the guy next to you. 
etc and then you have to then you pass it and everyone reads it out and it gives you a little boost and, and, and a lift as, as a player so I, I felt that his kind of his way to work was really good I appreciate uh, appreciated it myself um, so no I mean I didn't have any, any sort of problem with that Work for you. It's fair enough. I, yeah, when we've spoken to people, there's been such a mix of. So some people have loved that that style, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of classroom style, and, and really felt like they developed as a player. And there's probably been some others as well that, um, yeah, uh, want to be out on the training uh, pitch with a ball at their feet all, all day long, um, yeah. and that, and that just felt like a barrier. But it's it's different for everyone, right? And everyone gets a different bit from that experience, I suppose. No, definitely. Yeah, so obviously Faircloth comes in and results turned a little bit, but it was kind of looking like it was only going one direction. I think his record when he came in, we had a lot of draws, but only, I think he won three out of 17. So it wasn't like a massive turn of the tide. Just within that, there was one game that sort of stands out when we were talking about this before we came on air earlier. Um, we had a trip to Macclesfield in January, which is a bit of a six-pointer. Um, not a particularly remarkable game. It ended in a one-all draw. Uh, you scored a penalty, if I remember rightly. I think James and myself definitely, and maybe a few others, gave you a little high-five down the front when you come over and celebrate the goal. <laughs> you definitely won't remember that. Um, but... But around that game, it was a really bizarre one. I remember being on the train going up there and getting loads of texts of people saying there was stories in the paper or something that there was match fixing going on around the game or that there was investigations going on about that. Like I say, it might be a complete memory blank for you, but I just wondered while we've got you on, any recollection or anything like that? Anyone approached by anyone dodgy with a brown envelope or was that completely just speculation and came from nowhere? I mean, it, it must have been speculation or it must have been for, for, for the other team because there, there was nothing like that in our dressing room. Um, or nothing I was aware of anyway. That's all I can, I mean, all I can do is speak on my behalf, but there was nothing like that that yeah, I was yeah. aware of in the dressing room, no. And you just saying that now, I'm like, mm, really? So no, <laughs> I, I didn't hear anything like that. No, that's fine. That cautious that rumour then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was something that was a little bit of uh, Chinese whispers, I suppose, wasn't it, in the end? But um, like Ian alluded to, uh, our form under Fairclough turned a little bit, but it was, it was looking like we were you know, heading in the wrong direction. And, uh, you know, you got a couple of goals away at Hereford, uh, but, you know, bad results all the way through, being that we're, you know, in March and we're looking like we're in a bit of trouble. But then yeah. in comes a man that we know very well at Barnet, and that's uh, that's Martin Allen. Um, you work with him at Milton Keynes. Uh, yeah. So I guess you would have known a little bit about what to expect. Uh, but I suppose a lot of the boys in that changing room would have uh, found it a little bit chalk and cheese with, with his approach compared to Paul Fairclough. Um, what's he like to work for? <laughs> um, Martin is he's how do I put this uh, just, he's, he's just a, a really really out there type of person um, there's some of the things that we used to do especially at the Duns not so much at Barney I'd say that he mellowed a lot by the time I worked with him the second time but when I worked with him um it was the 2006-2007 season, wasn't it? The first time at the Duns. He just used to do some crazy things. And you're thinking, why, why are you doing that? Like, what is the purpose? Um, and like, he, like I said, it's, it's difficult to explain because he was so out there with some of the things he did. But um, at the Duns, I think it kind of worked. He got results in terms of we got to the playoffs um, and we probably should have we probably should have gone up that season, but we didn't for whatever reason. But um, like I said, that Barnet, he wasn't, he was no, he wasn't nowhere near as as bad or as out there as he was at Dunn. So I thought that I, well, I personally felt that players kind of talked to him okay, um, in terms of his managerial style. I know people might be 
obviously might have something else to say about that. I think uh, you got, you're looking at three Martin Adam fans here. I think he was probably uh, all of our first love and broke all of our <laughs> hearts on, on several occasions. Um, he's probably the reason that we're still friends. Uh, he, he, he has a, an unbelievable ability to bring people together, um, whether it be fans, uh, the you know behind the scenes at a football club or the, or the people on the pitch. And I remember I remember back when he came in that season uh, at Barnet with you and um, there was they had that program late kickoff and he was all over that and you know so we saw a lot of it on telly. It felt it felt like there was a buzz back certainly on our side of the of the white line I guess. Um, and and I think we believed. And um, from from your point of view and the squad's point of view, was there was that a big sort of sea change when he came in? Did was was there belief that? We will stay up now. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be all right. I think the important thing um, for us at that time was to get a manager with experience, um, and with experience in uh, low, like lower league football, if you, if you want to put it like that. Experience in a, a relegation kind of um, uh, type situation, and I think he, he had that, and um, it was just good to see that. It, with Martin, you know, you just as a footballer, you want a manager to be assertive, and you because you want you follow the manager. Then it's his team, it's his way, it's his way of playing. So if a manager comes in and is a little bit like, mm, maybe we do it this way, you're like, well, do I really want to follow it? But Martin is like, right, we're doing it this way, A, B, C. That's how it's going to be. So you you kind of live and die by that. Um, so he was like that, and I think everyone was happy to follow him. Um, and yeah, I think there was a bit of a buzz because, like I said, he he was a, he's a name, and he came in and he. Um, and kind of lifted the place a bit. Yeah, I think well, people... yeah he certainly did. Go on, Craig. I was just going to say, one, I, mem I remember one of the things that one of the players said at the time was he makes you feel a foot taller when you walk walk out and play on the pitch. It gives everyone that lift. I think even little Sam Deering looked a little bit taller uh, uh, that season as well and, and really came out of himself. Is that, is that the year that Mark Marshall was there as well? And he, he, was, a, he yeah. was a big player. Yeah, I think, Mark in that Marshall was there. As well. So it, I, I, I thought, I thought we... we we looked like a different team. We looked like we were ready uh, to, to do what we had to do to stay up. Maybe we hadn't had that kind of confidence before, but yeah. Sorry, and I cut across you. Yeah, no, not at all. He kind of leads into what I was going to say next, which obviously he did have a big effect because his first game he comes in and we, we drew with Chesterfield in the last minute, but they were top, we were bottom. So that was a big result to kind of turn it around a bit. And then we had two great wins, memorable day at Burton where Steve Cabber scored all four and then beat Crew at home and everything, everything's great. You know, it, it's looking like the what looked impossible was going to be possible because we were so far behind when he yeah. did come in after we lost those two games before that. Um, but then obviously, I think it's the Monday after the crew game, uh, there's a few little murmurs on Twitter about something which I think we all thought that it can't be true. And obviously he's not in a proper contract. Notts County find themselves in the same situation as us, one league higher, come in and take him. Um, as Craig alluded to there, you know, it was a blow to the fans. We were gutted because it had kind of, after a, a tough season, it had all come together and then it felt like it had all fallen apart again. Amongst the playing squad, was there an initial, at least, kind of deflation and a feeling of like, oh, well, that's that, that's that then? Or did it almost give you more motivation that, well, he's gone, but he started something here, we're going to finish it off? Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember at the time, um, obviously hearing, like you said, hearing that about the, the, the nuts kind of thing, and it, he's gone, and you almost go like, okay, well, on to the next. I think as a me personally, as a, as a, a footballer myself, I never got too attached to any one manager because I think you can't really because managers change so much. As as the players, I think it's a bit different with players because you spend a bit more time with them. But with managers, it's almost like okay, well look, 
all the best to you. Um, but it's, it's almost on to the next. And yes, managers are important, but we're the ones that have to go across the white line and play the game. So we just need to do what we were doing under Martin and do it under the next manager, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, look, there was a bit of maybe an initial initial start the week after we got beaten. Obviously, we were in a, t- a tight run in where every point mattered. We lost the next one. But the game after that, which I wanted to spend a little bit of time on, uh, because I think was possibly maybe the nadir of your time at Bayern, the game that if you think eyes on McLeod, you think of uh, this particular match, certainly, which was a, a boiling hot day in late April at Gillingham. Uh, they're going for the playoffs. Mm. We're fighting for our lives. Um, and obviously, you have an absolutely storming game. Score a hat-trick. We won't go too much into the penalty unless you want to uh, talk to about that. Um, <laughs> but we get a brilliant 4-2 win. I just wonder what are your memories that day? Because we've spoken about on other episodes before that that was a great away day for the supporters. What was that like for you? That was brilliant. Because um, I think, I think if, if, I'm, if I'm correct, that was my, that was my first career hat-trick. I think that was my first career hat trick. Um, it's probably my only one, actually. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, I think that was my that was my yeah. I think that was my first and only career uh, career hat trick I scored. And like you said, no, it was a really hot day. Um, we're fighting for our lives. Um, so we're drilling them. And um, no, we, I think it was just one of them games where everything just clicked together, and we we played really well. It's not like we kind of defended and just maybe and, and caught them on the counter. We actually played really well that game. Yes, they put us under a bit of pressure, which is going to happen. But as a team, we played really well. Obviously, we got goals. We got really good goals. Um, and um, I don't know. We, I guess it was just the way it was supposed to go. Um, but no, I, I remember coming away feeling just really elated at, at the result. And the whole, the whole squad did. Um, so it was a really, really um, good day for us. Yeah, like Ian says, it's one of those games that's definitely high up in my memory of uh, times at Barnet in terms of away games. So um, it's just one of those where you just couldn't believe what was happening. I, th- I remember, I think it was your second goal where you chested it over the keeper, like from yeah. across. And none of, none, of, none of us, it was like a delayed celebration in the stand because we couldn't quite work out what had happened. And then obviously there was the, because um, uh, I saw the highlights of it, it was posted on YouTube or Twitter a few weeks ago. And uh yeah, it brought back some great memories. I'd actually forgotten about the the, the penalty situation, but again, we, we don't need to talk about that. We were four one up; it's fine. Yeah, no, exactly. That's my thoughts. I thought ah, I've already got, I've already got the one pen. Let me just try a little bit of thing. But the, it's funny <laughs> enough you said that about the chest because for the whole season, everyone was like, "You didn't mean that. You didn't mean that." And I was like, "Well, what do you think I meant then?" Because <laughs> it was, it, was, it, it kind of got the cross got drilled in, and it was kind of too low for me to hit it. So I just thought, I'm just gonna try. What I tried to do actually was like, you know, the shoulder, just to like hit it over him. But it's yeah. actually come off my chest, but like hey, tomato, tomato. So I just kind of dinged it over him. And then, um, no, it was a nice little finish. Though. I'm really pleased with it. it. It went in. That's all that matters. Exactly. Um, Goals are goal. <laughs> of course, of course. At that on, on that day and throughout the rest of the season, we had Gratz in charge, Juliana Grazioli, of course, who would have had 110% backing from the supporters. Um, did he keep that feeling with Martin Allen going? And also, um, Laurie Sanchez was involved, who's obviously a name on the podcast that uh, yeah. might get a little bit of a mixed reception. Uh, what influence did Laurie Sanchez have? Because obviously he was a big name when when uh, when he came in to be involved in the back room. Um, can I be honest on you? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Didn't, didn't like him. Didn't like him at all. Uh, we've got plenty more questions about him for the following <laughs> season as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, didn't didn't like him. Didn't get on with him. Um, arrogant, 
it's just supremely arrogant and it's like we we, we don't need to hear about the FA Cup at Wimbledon every day. We did like and it's in not that, in that first spell though when Gratz was the manager, you know it was the other way around initially obviously yeah. Gratz was the manager, yeah. he was consultant. Was he yeah was he kind of on top of things then or was what was the dynamic like? Oh no yeah he was very you could tell he was very much in charge then. Gratz was more of the around the lads, you know what I mean? Like uh, putting your arm, putting his arm around the shoulder, etc. He was the, like I said, the guy that was uh, always talking about himself. Well, 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 <laughs> well, well, um, well I, for, the, for the record, Gratz was the manager officially, so he's going to take the credit. He always keeps the credit as far as we're concerned. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I think I'm sure we'll, we can edit this bit out, James, I'm sure. But just so you know, Ian uh, had a bit of a row with uh, Laurie Sanchez face to face, um, oh, really? right just before he left. Well, yeah, they had a bit of a. It's been one we've left off the podcast, but there was we're kind of skipping ahead. But in the next season when he was in charge, and there was a lot of kind of anger from the fans, let's say. And, and I'm not going to pretend that you know this was ten years ago. I was a bit younger. I was shouting my mouth off a bit more than I would do now. Um, the other two <laughs> might disagree, and I think I'd put something on my Twitter or something like that about him, and he got. We don't know who it was. He got someone to like investigate me, to contact my work and try and get me in trouble at work for what I'd said about him. And then I was put together with him by Tony Clientos in the bar after the the game on Tuesday night. The best bit about Ian is my favourite bit. We're in the bar and Tony Clientos comes in and he he knows who Ian is and he wants to try and peacemake. And so he looks at us and he says, has he, has he been drinking about Ian? Uh, Ian had had about eight pints. And we're both going, no, 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 he's fine. Just put them together. See what happens. See what happens. And then it, it wasn't great, to be fair. Oh. No, well, but anyway. He was very angry. He told yeah, anyway. So we'll get back got, to it. It's about, this is about it. pretty quickly after that. I think it's fair to say we've got similar views on Laurie Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, and, like, and to be fair, when we've spoken to others about that time, I don't think you're the only one with with, uh, with those views, uh, yeah. but there you go. Um, so we come uh, to the end of that season, uh, to the finale that the Port Vale at home game. Um, big day for us, uh, probably less interesting for others. But we were on Soccer AM that morning, that morning, um, yeah. and we went on there as the as the fans of the week. Um, and I, there's a few, couple of things I remember. One is Max Rushton constantly saying, "I don't know why you lot are all so happy. You're going to get relegated this afternoon." So I, I don't really <laughs> like that guy very much. But also. I, I can't remember what it was called, but there was a there was a bit where one of the guys did a bit of a rap about various players. I remember they did Joe Devere, but they also did a bit of a rap about you, and we all had to do your chant after. So we used to Eisel, Eisel, Eisel was what we said. But he, he pronounced your name wrong as well. It was I can't remember. He said Isel, or he did yeah. something wrong as well. So I think there's a bit of that about. But yeah, it was a, it was a big big day for us, um, and I guess a big day for you as well because I guess going down would have been. Uh, awful, but also you're there to score goals, and you do, and you did. Um, yeah. do, what do you remember about uh, about the feeling around that game? Um, and I suppose also as well, if I can ask, there's lots of big games in players' careers. Sometimes at the bottom of the league, sometimes at the top. Where does that game feature for you uh, around some of the big games in your career? Um, it, it's definitely up there. Um, like I said, the the I view the, my time at Barnet kind of like my time leaving Derby and going to Milton Keynes as a 19-year-old as a to go and score goals. So then when I left China after three years ago to Barnet, when I'm almost forgotten, it's kind of, you know what I mean? It's lifted me up again. So no, I, I, like I said, that it's, it's right up there. I, I, I do remember it. I think on the hill was packed. It was, um, it was a great atmosphere. And I can't remember if it was 
the first half or the second, I think it was the second half, we scored straight, we got a penalty straight from kickoff. Yeah, straight from the kickoff, pretty much. Yeah. I ran with it and a guy took me down. I, I kind of like fell over his leg, but <laughs> but um, no, I remember, yeah. So, no, it was it was just a, it was, like you said, it was a great day and um, a great feeling because I've still got the picture somewhere where I scored the penalty and I'm running off along that. And there's like <laughs> a me running and all the fans going mental. So, no, it's um, no, it's it's, it's really, it's really good, really good memories. Yeah, no, great, great day. I think we, we've spoken before that it felt, we've seen Barnett win the, albeit the league below. We've seen him win the league and we've seen that kind of high. For me as a supporter, that day was as good as anything with Barnett because we've come from so far yeah. behind looking dead and buried that, and the way to do it, final day out Underhill, it was, yeah, magical afternoon, just really fantastic. Um, and ended what was a tough season on a real high. Um, I think for most supporters, there was then the anxious weight of, were we going to have you on our, team sheet for the following season because if you like the kind of the idea maybe behind or some of the thinking behind your move down to Barnet would have been to get those goals get your name back out there and, and justifiably you know it's a career work your way back up the league to, to a better level um, was there any opportunity to leave that summer and what was the factor in you staying for another season um, yeah there was um, so, so I think it was Swindon had put in and made an approach and put in actually a couple of bids uh, for me to go um, I sat down with Tony at the time spoke and um, I, I still had a season on my contract so he was asking for for ridiculous money so um, <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't happen um, I, was, I was a little bit annoyed because like I said it's never it's never ever been disrespect to Barnet um, but I did see where it was coming from because like I said I said to him I said listen I'm really grateful because you you didn't have to pay for my operations and get my get me fit and scoring. So I said, look, it is what it is. It's your, you know what I mean? It's, you made the decision, you've turned it down. I'll stay for for, for the remainder of my contract. Um and um and yeah, I did I did. So yeah, I mean, I think it was it, my agent, I think it's my agent told me it's only swindling at the time you actually made real concrete uh, approaches and offers. So but it, it didn't happen, and uh, there you go. Yeah, so you ended up you ended up staying with us into the next season when, of course, Laurie Sanchez was made the permanent manager, and you know we made a we, we had a decent start to that season. We won away at Morecambe, and uh, there was a Tuesday night that following Tuesday night away at Portsmouth in the League Cup, and they were in the Championship at the time. We absolutely played them off the park with a, right. with a one nil win, um, but that was <laughs> I suppose about as good as it got. I mean, you, for, for you again, you know you, you're, you're chipping in with plenty of goals. You just seem to like playing against Gillingham. Um, mm. But but things are starting to turn a little bit um, quite quickly, and I think that some of that stuff you alluded to around the arrogance, perhaps, of Laurie Sanchez as a manager, was definitely spilling out into, I guess, supporters' perception of what he was like um, as as a person, as 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 a football coach, uh, and and things started to get a little bit, um, I suppose, fractious among supporters around him. Uh, did you get a feeling that there was that anger in the supporter base, and how was it for you to to, to work with that? In, in that environment? Um, yeah, I think you, you can always sense it, can't you? Especially when, when things are not going great. Um, fans normally uh, offer their opinion. So you, you, you kind of sense sense it. I mean, for me, the working relationship just wasn't great. And it's not just about me. I just feel that him as a, a manager is not, a, in my opinion, is not, not a very good man-manager. I wouldn't say he's a good manager, period. Just because he doesn't... I don't feel that... I learned anything under his manager under his managerial time at Barnet, um, and 
I just think, well, why are you there? It was almost like he was there as the of I'm the big I'm the big guy. I've done I've done this, and it's like, well, let's just forget all that at the door. Let's just all work together to try and get the best out of each other. And I just don't think he was there for that personally. Yeah, he said. Well, he certainly hasn't gone to do much in the game since then, has he? So, but there was uh, we were we were looking at this the other day because it, it came up as a on on this day um, a few a few days ago we played away at Wimbledon, and if you remember Wimbledon's ground as it was then, it was Kingstonian's ground. It was the away yeah. supporters were right, away supporters were right behind the bench, and uh, that day in particular was um, really really quite poisonous. It was quite horrible in that terrace. Um, the the, the uh, sort of anger directed towards the manager and directed towards um, each other, actually. Supporters were, were pretty angry. But actually, that signalled... Uh, you, you scored that day, but it signalled a bit of turning form. Um, it was a bit of a strange one, obviously, working working for a guy that was that was um, quite uh, unpopular, but actually started to get results. Um, did you feel like... You know, you, you went, went on a great run of form... Did you feel like as long as you were doing what you were doing on the pitch that you would remain happy or was it was it affecting your relationship at all with the club? No, I think my, my relationship with the club, the fans uh, and my teammates was excellent. Um, I just didn't like the manager. That's not going to stop me from performing and playing. I guess if I... I'd, if I... If, look, if, if I wasn't the goal-getter for Barnet, he wouldn't play me. And I, I, he, I think that it almost vexed him that he needed me to play, but um, you know, I, like I said, I I I, I give myself I give my hundred percent every time I went out for Barnet for my teammates for myself um, for the fans. But I'm not going to let whatever relationship we had um, affect my performance. I never did that at any club I was at. So, on a slightly lighter note, James, wasn't there a Bristol Rovers away game around that time where you may have off? I, I, well, there's a story to do with a pie, but I can't remember exactly where it is. But maybe you'll yeah. Be we, we went to Bristol. We went to Bristol Rovers. It was just after that Wimbledon game, a couple of weeks after, and uh, you scored there again. Another goal for you, yeah. and uh, you celebrated in front of the away fans. And um, it was captured on television of a couple of us running down to the front of the terrace to celebrate. Uh, and I had a pie at the time, and I decided it was a good idea to offer you some of my pie. And uh, it looks like Ian's <laughs> got the photo. Ian's got the photo there of uh, you celebrating, and there's me. <laughs> Leaning over the barrier with a with a fork, offering you a bit of pie because I thought I thought you might have needed a little bit of a pick me up. Did I have, did I have some? <laughs> no, you didn't. You, uh, okay. you, you, you didn't. No, you left it for me. Yeah, I think you must have. Yeah, I think you, you're too busy scoring goals for us. But yeah, no, that was a, a silly moment supporting Barnet. I think for me, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to post a moment of like relief. In a tough season, something else that almost gave us some good relief in that season was the league form was pretty poor, but the, we had a good run in the um, Johnson's Paint Trophy. Yeah, it was called I think anyway. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, as we mentioned, you scored again against Gillingham. I think we knocked Colchester out early in the rounds. Beat Brentford at Underhill, which was a really great night. You know, great atmosphere. I think we did. Was it on penalties that we did them in the end? No. Brentford, yeah. Drew didn't remember being on penalties, yeah, and then Swindon over two legs to get to Wembley, which um, obviously. We didn't. It didn't quite work out. We drew the home leg and then we lost one 0 on Sky at the uh, county ground in the away. Yeah. How disappointing was that for the squad? Well, I know it was a bit of a tall order going to a League One side to to you know try and get to Wembley, but how disappointing was that for you and and the team at the time to not get that final step to Wembley? Massive. I, I remember it. We we was like the whole team was buzzing. We're like we want to play at Wembley. We we want to get to Wembley. Um, and like you said, it's, it's a distraction from the league. 
Um, so it's you're thinking it's, it's another competition, but we're, we're going we're going quite well. Let's just try to keep it up. I mean, you, you like it's like anything you're playing it to try and win it. Um, and yeah, unfortunately we couldn't, but um, it was a, it was a good little run from from our from our team. Um, and uh, I guess the lads showed what we could do. Um, like you said, we just we kind of just fell at the the final hurdle. Yeah, and that that seems to that result seems to knock the wind the wind out of ourselves a little bit. I think um, you know we look at the results after that, and we went on a, a terrible terrible run of form yeah. uh, that that dragged us back towards the towards the wrong end of the table. Um, you know, form for yourself uh, dropped off at that point as well, and you know every, everything seemed to be going going wrong. Um, what was your relationship like within the squad, and you know how was the squad getting on at that time, even despite some of the uh, some of the results going on off the pitch, uh, on the pitch even? Sorry, um, I think I think we were all quite tight knit um, and, and understood that. As like I says, it's 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 uh, football's a roller coaster, isn't it? You go up and down. I mean, I I remember that that time of the season, I had quite a few niggly injuries, and it was just hard for me to try and get out every weekend. It's not. It wasn't like I could say, "Oh, look, I'm going to rest this week." We we, we didn't have the luxury. So it, with the niggles, um, you're trying to play. You're trying to play 100, but you're not 100. So, and I just think honestly, it caught up with me personally. Um, especially I'd, I'd not played regular football for three years to then play the following season and this season. I think it caught up with my body. Um, and yeah, the niggles started to come in. So, but we were still quite tight knit, and we still, we still were. You know what I mean? Just working as hard as we could to try and get the results week by week. And it's a cliche, but all we could do was take it a game at a time. Yeah, and well, we said how much we love Martin Allen and like talking about him. He's given us a lot of opportunity to talk about him because uh, he came back again yeah. uh, for the second season in a row. And there's still a fair few of you guys, I think, that have been there the year before that were still. Still there for the second time he came yeah. back. Um, obviously, don't want to labour the point about Martin Allen too much, but uh, do you remember what the, the the kind of feeling was when he came back in a second time? Was there any was there any animosity from the fact that he left the year before? Is it just as you said before, new manager get on with the with the new regime? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think that there ever would be from from a, a playing staff point of view, because uh, as fans you support the club. I mean, you're more emotionally invested in the club than, say, players. Not to say we don't care, because you always care and you always want to give 100%, but fans that support that club are 100% emotionally invested. So when it happens, it's almost like, I guess, a, a betrayal or you're thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> and for us, it was like, you've gone on to get another job. Okay, fair dues, you've, you've gone up to, to get another job. And, and, that's what, and that's what football is, really. So when he came back, it was a case of, oh, how you doing, Mark? Because we used to call him Mark. Let's let's get to work, and and that was it. That's what that was it, really. Yeah. Well, and once again, he he got to work because obviously he he had the desired effect. It was a slightly different period. He came in for the last three games of mm. the season. We lost that first one at South End. I remember we all thought that maybe this time there wouldn't be that bounce from him. Uh, then we had a really good performance and result home to Wimbledon, which set up a final day at Burton, where yeah. Hereford had to better our result. I think. Mm. Um, thankfully, we came through the other side at Burton. Looking at the kind of the lineup and all that for that game before we came on earlier, and um, I'd forgotten to be honest that you started on the bench as I recall, and then Scott you came on for Scott McLeish at half time, um, yeah. and and as I think you mentioned, you know that maybe that things had caught up with you a bit injury wise and whatever towards the end of that season, the goals weren't maybe flowing in. For us, like you say, as supporters, that Burton game again is right up there as a great memory, a great day out. Was that 
great escape, whatever you want to call it, a little bit tarnished by the way the season ended for you? Or were you able to enjoy it and celebrate with your teammates of kind of surviving by the skin of our teeth again? No, I enjoyed it. I think that the only thing I didn't enjoy was that I just I couldn't get out of this this niggly injury phase. It was it was really doing my head in because I was like, and I don't even know how long it lasted for, but it felt like it lasted for six months. But it was, and it was injury after, like it wasn't injury because I could play, but I just couldn't play to my maximum. So rightly so, um, I think my form had dipped, and Martin just says, "Look, we're going to go with, with Scott," and I said, "Fair enough." If we can get the job done, I'll be as happy as anyone else that's affiliated with Barnet in the stadium. So um, we did, and you know what I mean. It, like I says, it was. Um, I, I would, I would, I'll be lying if I said that it had the same feeling as the season before. Yeah, but I don't think it did, but it was still great. Yeah, it was certainly a great memory for us. It was one of those things where you sort of get used to staying up on the last day because that was the third year in the row, and obviously the next season, next season we ended up. Uh, well, we couldn't quite do it the next season. But like you say, I mean, you look at the stats, you, you played 52 games that year. So, you know, you've come from come from playing, you know, being on, on and off for, for three years, you played 52 games. And, you know, that 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 is obviously got to contribute to things. And you, you scored 22 goals for us that season, um, which obviously instrumental in keeping us up in the end. Yeah. Um, but clearly, you've then uh, looked at the options and then uh, you don't want to be presumably playing playing at League Two anymore and, and uh, you know, in a, in a struggling League Two side and you end up joining Portsmouth. Mm. Um, clearly a very big club. Um, what were they like to uh, to play for? I think you were there for a, for a, uh, about four or five months in the end. I was I was there for, for yeah, for like five months. It, it, it was excellent. I loved it. Um, it was, I mean, at home. It reminded me of back when I was at Derby. 18,000, 19,000 fans at every home game. Um, there's the porters are just so loud and 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 really into to their football and their team. I guess the only kind of uh, blip on it is that at the time I went, they're in administration, so it was month by month contracts. I mean, and the, when I went there, we went to, we went to pre-season um, in in Marbella, and they said, look, the first month it'd be month. When we get back. You can all sign your contracts, blah, blah, it'll be, it'll be fine. And that was the ongoing story. The next month will come to me and say, oh, no, it's going to be the next month. So, I mean, I mean, I, I was there for the yeah, four or five, I think the, from the start of the season till, or summer till uh, December, I'd scored like 11, 12 goals. Um, and I just said, like, I haven't got the security um, to stay here because <laughs> like you could turn around to say, oh, we don't, we don't need you or want you. And so I just... And that's when I knew that um, Milton Keynes Dunn's wanted to take me back. So um, I made the uh, I made the choice to uh, actually drop money to go to Milton Keynes, but it was for, uh, obviously, a, a longer-term contract. Of course. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, if you just to bring it up to the present day, you played for a number of clubs over the following few years. You had a very good season at Crawley, yeah. uh, scored a couple of games county as well. And then I, sort of looking at your stats online, you play, played sort of lower down. I saw that I think even right at the start of this year, I could be wrong, you you finally retired at Kempston Rovers, if that's correct. In, in yeah, so, yeah, so I it wasn't it wasn't it was last year I played my last game for them. So my mate's the manager at Kempston, and he just he just said, "Look, um, obviously I was coaching at the Duns, um, and he just says, "Look, come and help me out, play a few games, help me coach." And I saw so I did. So I actually went down there, enjoyed it, and had a few games. But it got to a point where, because I, I couldn't train, I was only I was only playing games for him and my, my body just couldn't take it. I was getting calf pulls and I just said, look, I'm just going to concentrate on my coaching. 
the body can't uh, can't take it no more. Yeah, and and well, because obviously you're still in the game as well. Obviously, the way we found you via Instagram is that you've got your own sort of soccer school for. Yes. Is that training youngsters one to one? Is that that kind of thing now? Yeah. So I yeah, um, my own soccer school is just Isaiah McLeod Soccer School. Um, I do one to one training from six years old up to uh, adults. Um, I go out and uh, a lot of people um get me to coach their teams for Sunday League. Uh, or whatever Saturday league, I'll go and coach their teams. Um, so, yeah, I do that, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, yeah, really enjoying it. Do you, do you miss playing? Yeah, yeah. You're going to miss playing. It's, it's, every, it's every lad's dream, in my opinion, to be to be playing a, a professional footballer. And I, I, I'm quite fortunate. I think I had a really good career um, and really good experiences. Um, didn't I never won a league. That's my only regret. I never won a league in my career, but I had really, um, um, really good personal accolades. Um, I got a couple of golden boots. Uh, player, player of the season, I won. I've been in the team of the year three times. So that sort of stuff, and obviously my England under twenty one cap. So I'm really look back and I'm really proud, I'm proud and pleased in, in what I achieved. And um, you know, I can I can understand why. To be fair, <laughs> you, you did do a fair amount in the game. Um, we're going to wrap up in a sec, but um, one of the questions. We always ask is uh, is is where Barnet fits, and I suppose an Underhill as well as a ground fits in a in a you know in a player's career for, for them. You mentioned already that as a fan, we're always going to have a more emotional attachment to mm. our club, and that's fair enough. But um, yeah, maybe you could just leave us with some some thoughts on what it was like to play at Underhill, and, and maybe where that time in your career fits. Uh, you know, maybe ranks against some of the other places you played. Yeah, I, I definitely think. Um... Playing at Underhill was it was it was unique. Um, I I I loved and enjoyed my time there just because of where I was previous to joining Barnet, and I definitely think my best times in in terms of scoring, I think it, it would definitely be second. I think my first spell at Milton Keynes Dons has to take first Barnet, and then I think my time at Crawley would be third. Everywhere else kind of jumbles just under there, but no, Barnet would be would be second because of where I was in my career and how I needed to bounce back. And I feel like I said before, me and Barnett needed each other at that time. We found each other and it kind of worked. So I was pleased. It most certainly did. Um, yeah, no, thanks a lot, Isel, for your time this afternoon. Thanks for all those goals over the two seasons and the memories you gave us. And um, obviously, we wish you really well going forward with your soccer school and everything else. Hi, right, thank you, guys. You have a good evening. Robinson on. And there's goal of the season, Frank Murphy. Juliano Grazioli. Oh, absolute quality. I'm sure most people would say I was mad. Oh, Ryan Jack has played it. Lovely stuff from Curry, not a bad try.